Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. Wow, you guys are good looking. I kind of forgot, but you really are. It's wonderful. <laughs> Image bearers of Almighty God. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. God is good. God is good. You know, we're, we're moving into uh, interesting times and seasons, uh, but I'm excited because uh, in interesting times and seasons, God is on the move. And uh, we look around the world, and you, you listen to the news, and it seems a lot of crazy stuff. But, you know, where the Scripture promises us that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. How many are looking forward to God's standard being raised? Come on. Come on. And, you know, um, in Daniel it says, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. So that, that's you and me. You got to start seeing yourself. Say, I'm a friend of God. Say that. I am a friend of God. Come on. Just like Abraham was considered a friend of God. You know, he didn't, uh, he doesn't look at you as some low down, dirty sinner. He looks at you as, as a son and a daughter. He's redeemed you. He's set you apart. He's marked your life for greatness. You know, you have been predestined by Almighty God to walk in an eternal purpose and destiny, both here on, on the earth and then for all eternity. You are marked. You are chosen. And you, this is a reality that we have to rehearse. You know, and why do we have to rehearse it? Because the enemy, you know, the devil, who maybe you don't see him walking around with a tail and horns and a pitchfork, but those voices in your head that speak negativity to you, those are the voice, that's the voice of the enemy. God is speaking exhortation, edification, comfort over your life. He is speaking your identity, who you are. You're his son. He's, he's, he, you're his daughter. He's proud of you. And uh, we have to start seeing ourselves like that. And as we see ourselves like that and set our gaze on eternity then everything's going to be different. When you, if you set your gaze and your, your desires on earthly things, this, this, this now realm, you, you, you're going to be disappointed because things are going to go up and down. I, and I've been around 62 years. I've had good times. I've had some bad times. <laughs> but God is faithful, and he's steady, and he steadies you through the good times, and he wants to steady you through the challenges. Look, don't, don't, I, I don't buy that you're never going to be challenged, okay? You, but your faith anchors you. Your connection to God anchors you through the storm. And so, you know, you know the parable, it, there was the wise man and the foolish man. The wise man built his house on the rock, right? Solid foundation. And when the rains came and the winds blew and the storm hit, the wise man's house stood but the person who built their house on sand when the rains, it, it collapsed. It didn't say the storm only came on the foolish person. It comes on both. 
So let's, let's be wise. Let's build our house on a solid foundation of the truth. Which gets to the title of my message. <laughs> Buy the truth and sell it not. Can you say that with me? Buy the truth and sell it not. Where does that come from? Anybody? <laughs> the Bible's good. Oh, it's right up here. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and sell it not. You know, Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Right? No, it doesn't say set you free. It'll make you free. It'll make you free if you know it. Now, we have to know it. <clears throat> we have to really know it. You got to know it body, soul, and spirit. In other words, you have to not just have a mental assent. Yes, I agree with you, God. In your heart, the, 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 the emotions of your heart, you have to fully believe and set your minds on the things above and not below. Set your heart on the truth. When you know the truth, it'll make you free. So Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth, sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. So I want to go into that a little bit. One of the things that hit me, how many are on our, um, our daily Bible reading plan in a room? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Everybody raise your hand if you're on. Okay. All those other people with your hands, get on the daily Bible reading plan. <laughs> It's awesome. Listen, we, we, we chat with each other. We share our impressions, and it's, it's wonderful. And, and what it is, it's an encouragement to get every day into the Scripture because it's the Scripture that will root you and ground you in the love of God and the truth of God and His purposes and plans. It will speak to you in your day. Okay, so one of the things, turn with me to Matthew 28. Beginning of verse 16, this was, this was in our reading plan this week, and it, 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 I'm going to share with you as the Lord started to share with me. Beginning of verse 16, it says, uh, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. It says, then the 11 disciples went into Galilee. How many of the disciples? 11. So these were who? These were the 12, right, minus Judas, so there were... How many is that? Thank you. Eleven. Good. You guys, you got the math down. I love it. <laughs> so these weren't just, you know, run-of-the-mill people. These are people that were with Jesus, right? They spent time with him. These were his closest disciples, these eleven. And Jesus, uh, and then the eleven disciples went into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. Verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I, I was stunned. I mean, I must have read this a hundred times. But I didn't stop. How many ever stopped? These were the 11. They see the resurrected Christ. But some doubted. God wants to deal with doubt. This doubt is the detergent of faith. Where does doubt come from? Let's try to unpack this a little bit. Turn with me to John 20, verse 24. 
This is the story of uh, the apostle, one of the 11. Maybe it's a different part of the story. I don't know. Uh, but it's the story of Thomas. Now, Thomas has is, is got this infamous nickname. Anybody know it? Doubting Thomas. Now, I feel bad for Thomas because Thomas got over his doubt. He went on to be one of the great apostles. He, he preached the gospel toward the east, I think, like India, Asia area, and great, great um, miracle signs and wonders followed Thomas's ministry. But these things are written not for our benefit. They're written for us to, look, to grow and understand from because, you know, often I would read, like, you read uh, Israel's story about coming out of Egypt and uh, the miraculous signs and wonders that happened. And then they get in the desert and they're, you know, in the wilderness area and they're sort of complaining. And you're like, you know, they just saw all of these amazing miracles. How could they fall into doubt and unbelief? And let's not look at ourselves and say, well, if we were there, we would never have doubt and unbelief. <laughs> okay? Let's recognize that if the 11 who are looking at the resurrected Christ and some doubted, and Israel who saw all of the miracles to coming out of Egypt, this is an issue. And God wants to deal with this in our hearts because that's where it comes from. It comes from the heart. Okay, uh, John 20, verse 24 to 29. Now, Thomas, called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came and appeared to them the first time. And now the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So we said to them, unless I see his hands, in his hands, the print of the nails, and I put my finger in, in, into the print of the nails and, and, <clears throat> and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them and Jesus came. The doors being shut, but he came in anyway. And he stood in the midst of them and he said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hands here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. What kind of, where, what was Thomas's, the basis of his reasoning, like where his belief system, he was given a testimony. He was with them. Jesus told them, I'm going to die and three days later I'm going to, be rise again. Now, none of them understood what he was talking about. You know, that's why they were all confused. But then he, it happened on that resurrection Sunday morning, you know, and uh, Mary and, uh, reported back, you know, what, what happened at the tomb and Peter and John ran and, and they were amazed. <clears throat> 
But Thomas was operating in a different kind of understanding. And, and here's, I want to look at that. Because I really believe when we operate in a natural realm thinking, okay, we operate based on what we can see, hear, touch, feel. If that is the basis of our um, belief in revelation, then we're going to miss God. We're going to miss God. If we think that the natural realm is the sum and substance of everything, that's where you miss it. Now, turn with me to James. James chapter 3. Beginning of verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by the good conduct that his, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual. Sensual means the sense realms, right? What you see here, touch. It's not sexual, it's sensual. <laughs> Some read that and I, they get confused. <clears throat> Demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Just want to read uh, James 13, 14, and 15 from the Amplified. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant. And as a result... Be in defiance of the truth. I'm going to say that again. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in, in your heart, do not be arrogant and as a result be in defiance of the truth. This Superficial wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly or secular. It's natural or unspiritual, even demonic. God's calling us to a higher plane. God's calling us to a higher plane. He wants us to buy the truth and sell it not. What does that mean? Don't exchange it. When you buy and sell, it's an exchange process, right? When you go into a store, you want to buy some milk. You bring up the carton. You exchange your dollars. They give you your carton of milk or whatever you're buying. It's an exchange. Don't take the truth and exchange it for something else. Buy the truth 
and don't exchange it for anything. Don't, don't ever sell the truth. Okay, but what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Turn with me to John 18, Gospel of John, verse, chapter 18, verse 33. <clears throat> Jesus, having been betrayed and turned over to the Romans, was before Pilate. Pilate entered the praetorium again, and he called Jesus, and he said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, are you speaking for yourself, Pilate, about this, or did others tell you concerning me? Pilate looked at him and says, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, so, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now Pilate said, what is truth? Pilate is operating from a natural perspective, not he didn't have a revelation that standing before him was the only begotten son of the father creator of the heavens and the earth. What is truth? We look on the media today. You listen to reports, this devastation in Ukraine, it's horrible, and Russian invasion, and then you hear what the Russian media are reporting as truth. And you hear the other side, what's happening. And what you believe determines how you feel about it. What you believe will determine how you feel about it. So the Russian very controlled media is, is putting out a narrative because they want their people to support this government-sponsored invasion. And so they're putting out a narrative to get everybody to, to, to think that it, the problem is the West and they've been instigating the Ukrainians to rise and do all of these things. And it's just, they're, they're putting out <clears throat> disinformation. Now let me tell you, we went through an election cycle and it was all kinds of narratives. And how you felt about a certain narrative determined how you sort of reacted to what was going on, right? You, and you could be one side or the other. I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm trying to talk about there are narratives out in the world constantly. We need to be rooted and grounded in the truth. The facts don't always represent the truth. 
I'm going to say that again. The facts don't always represent the truth. And we need to fight for truth. Because it's the, why, the truth is what is going to make us free. Okay. Jesus was the word made flesh. Right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. That's Gospel of John, chapter 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten son of the Father. So Jesus, in John 14, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the truth. And he is, he is the word made flesh. His word is true. We need to root and ground ourselves this is why being on a Bible reading plan or being on a, if you're not on our Bible reading plan, it's fine. But the point is you need to be rooted and grounded in what the word of God says because that's truth. And when you know the word, you're going to properly discern everything else because that's going to root you and ground you in, in a true reality. And all these meta-narratives that go back and forth, they're based in earthly wisdom trying to convince you uh, of something that somebody wants. It's, it's a, uh, it, they're all, it's, you know, it's based on propaganda, propagating a certain way of thinking. And we're not children of this, this world, right? We're children of the kingdom. We're, we, we want God's narrative because he's got a plan for all nations, you know, it's his will that all men be saved and none perish. And the enemy operates in the realm of lies constantly. So when you see all of these things going around and the lies being propagated, you know who the source of that is. That's the enemy. So here, yeah, but here's the good news. God's got a plan. God always has a plan. And it's for good, it's not for evil. He's going he's gonna to save people out of, in, in, in when all of this turmoil happens, he's going to use it for his good because he wants us fixed on eternity. And listen, I know it's, it's, sometimes we go through hard times. I, I feel so bad for the Ukrainian people right now and looking at the devastation. But if a mighty revival comes out of that, if they turn to the Lord with all their hearts and souls, I mean, that's eternity with God. That's, that is... That's priceless. Okay. So in order to set our minds on the things above, we have to start to fix ourselves on the truth. That means we have to be people of his word, and we have to repeat what God says about us and what his plans and purposes are for our lives. My plans for you are for good and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. You know, he's going he's gonna to prosper you in the things you, you set your hands to do. That, that's our narrative. Turn with me to... Mark, Mark chapter 11. You know, my wife and I got saved in the 80s, and God was highlighting faith in those days. Um, there were people like Kenneth Hagin and, and others that were just really focused on faith and, and a restoration of believe God, believe God. And, um, you know, over time, 
because the enemy's always trying to work. There was, there was some, uh, there's some abuses in, in the movement where people thought it was just a faith to get things for yourself to like satisfy your fleshly desires. That's the only way I could put it. And, and that's not the kind of faith that Kenneth Hagin and others were teaching. The teaching is faith to believe God for his plans and purposes over your life and the life of your community, your family, your nation, that God wants to do great things, to faith to believe God. So <clears throat> that's where this is, and I really believe God wants to focus on that right now. He wants us to so engage in a level of faith, believing him without doubting, without doubting. Now, Mark chapter 11, beginning of verse 12. Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And he saw from afar a fig tree having leaves. The fig tree with blossoming leaves is sort of suggesting that it's in season. So it was a, so let's keep reading. And he went to see if perhaps he would find some fruit on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So in response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And, but so they kept going. They went to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and he began to drive out those who uh, uh, bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned the, the temple of the, the, the table of the money changers. Drop down to verse 20. Now, in the morning, the next day, as they were heading out, they passed by, and they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered him and said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whatever you say to this, to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. I'm sorry, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you have received them and you will have them. When we approach God in prayer, we have to understand that we are truly entering into a communion place. We are entering into deep conversation with the creator of the universe when we approach God, when we hear it corporately like this past Friday night, you know, it's not, if we just come in with uh, thinking we're just operating in this basement room in 75 Maiden Lane and we sing some nice songs and we just pray some prayers and they just kind of go out into the ether, like we're missing it. We're, we're singing and worshiping because we want to enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter into his inner place, into the courts of the Lord with praise. And so we recognize that we're posturing our heart in a certain way to enter into the very presence of the Lord. And 
what we love about Friday nights is we feel the tangible presence of the Lord. And it's like, oh, my goodness, the presence of God is so thick in the room because we, we're purposely posturing our hearts to enter in the way the king says to approach him. So we, we do that. But, we are, but when we start to pray, you have to, we have to believe that our prayers are moving heaven and earth. They're moving angels and demons. And things are, are shifting at the sound of our voice because when we pray, we're partnering with the heart of God. We're not trying to pray prayers that we think are nice prayers. We're trying to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. We pray from the scripture to pray the will of God. And we're saying, come and have your way. Have your way in Ukraine. God, pour out your spirit. These are all things that come out of the scriptures because we know he wants all men saved. And we enter in this place of faith without doubting. But if we doubt, we're tossed like a wave. So God wants us to start. It's, it's simple. It's just believe. Like doubt your doubts. Understand where doubts come from. They come from the natural realm. They're not coming from above. God, all things are possible to him who believes. He's calling us to a place of belief. And he wants you to start speaking his promises over your life. So if you're in a difficult situation, just start speaking scripture over it, you know? He's going to cause me to, he's going to make me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Why do we say these things? We say these things because we want to come into agreement with what God says over our lives and believe. Okay, turn with me to James. I'm going to ask the uh, worship team to come up. James chapter 1, beginning of verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many count it joy when you, in various, okay, you're still working on it. Me too. <laughs> okay. But understand, God's got a purpose in it. I had a trial just the other day. Some of you heard about it. I count it all joy. Because God wants to perfect something, bring to maturity things in me. So uh, I was on the, the subway, 36th Street in Brooklyn. I was doing my Bible reading plan <laughs> on my iPad. And uh, I, we pulled into the station at the subway, and I decided I, I was trying to, like, look at something on my phone at the same time. I had my iPad on my lap. I was sitting in a seat next to the door and some kind soul <coughs> thought the iPad was maybe too heavy or something and it was gonna help me. And so uh, I just see this hand reach around and grab my iPad and take off. Kind of a natural reaction is I ran after them. And uh, I was shouting a little bit. <laughs> and they, they ran down onto the tracks. And there was some good Samaritans there who said, don't run after him. And so I stopped. And I maintained my sanctification. 
And I pray and bless this person. God, help them that they, they find you, that, God, they were created in your image. You love them and you bless them. And I, I speak a blessing over this person's life, God, that they just come fully into the kingdom, Lord, and that you, you hold this in not against them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So um, I feel like I got off track here. <laughs> so count it all joy when you face various trials, knowing that the testing of what you believe, this is going to test what you really believe. Are you going to be a Sermon on the Mount person? If they take your coat, you're going to offer them your shirt also. I wasn't quite there, but now I let it go. Um, but really, um, bless the Lord. Because uh, the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. Perfect here is mature. Let it bring you to maturity uh, so that you're complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives all to all liberally without reproach or without holding back. So if you lack wisdom, ask God. He's going to give it to you. He doesn't hold back, okay? And he will give it to you. But, everyone say but. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. This doubt thing is real. And we all deal with it. And so you, we got to address it. Let him ask in faith without doubting. Why? For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Doubt makes you double-minded being double-minded makes you unstable. Doubt comes from believing based on sense knowledge. I won't believe unless I can put my hands in his side or in his hand, you know, nail prints in his hands or touch his side. That's the only way I'll believe. I'll believe if I see it, I'll believe it. and you'll be tossed to and fro. That's demonic wisdom, sense knowledge. It's earthly, it's carnal. Um, you know, the carnal mind, this is in Corinthians, can't receive anything from the Lord, right? The spiritually minded person sees and understands all things, but he who is carnally minded can't receive anything because they, they, they put a cap on what God can do. And we try to, sometimes we try to change our theology to meet our experience rather than to say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in faith believing you for what you said even when it's not lining up. Abraham was promised a child. Sarah was 85 years old, 
Abraham was in his 90s, and it says, against hope, Abraham believed in hope. He didn't look at what was in the natural realm as a possibility. He looked beyond the natural to God, but God. And, and I really believe we're, we're moving into a time when we just have to believe God. Just believe God. Just believe God. It, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Just believe God. There's, there are superseding laws. The natural laws aren't the final say. God has the final say. He can change times and seasons. He can change laws. You know, there's a law of gravity, right? And, and the, but there can be a superseding law called the law of aerodynamics, which if you apply the law of aerodynamics, then we can start to fly, <laughs> right? And it, so it supersedes the law of gravity. And God, with God, all things are possible. And I just want to encourage you. When we enter into that place of prayer, whether it's your prayer closet or whether it's in a corporate setting, you, we gather with the ecclesia, meaning all those who we see in the natural right here, I see you guys. But there's the saints that have gone before us. There's heavenly hosts in heaven. And we gather in a great worship symphony together. We don't see it, but it's happening. And we come before the judge of all the earth, almighty God. And, and he answers our prayer. He, he's asked us to partner with him that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we enter into that place, we can see shifts in the atmosphere, changes in the earth. But we have to ask in faith. The currency of heaven is faith. If we but let him ask in faith, not doubting. God wants us to end the doubt. End the doubt. Now, <clears throat> doubt comes from believing lies, right? You, 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 it's either sense knowledge or it could be somewhere, your experience. Inner healing comes often when you're able to go deep and find out what is the lie you're believing that's causing certain outward manifestations that happen maybe over and over again in your life or different things and you break agreement with some internal lie that's lodged itself into you and it could be a coping mechanism that you developed and it's just no can't count on anybody got to count on myself or whatever it is for you and we it's these lies that we have to break agreement with and and agree with the truth and when we agree with the truth, the truth will make us free. Let's all stand. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. Everyone say, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. It's not He might, it's not sometimes, He's going to do it. But you got to trust Him. Here's the stumbling block. If you keep leaning on your own understanding, 
That's a stumbling block. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and he will direct your path. Thank you, Lord. Just say, come Holy Spirit right now. God, we are a company that want to buy the truth and sell it not. God, we choose to believe you at your word. Just say, come Holy Spirit, have your way. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.